This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. I recently studied the life and times of Martin Luther, a great man of the faith. Luther, one of the great reformers of the Christian church, stood for the gospel of Jesus Christ against one of the greatest and most corrupt empires, the Catholic Church. Followers of the cult of William Branham teach Branham's doctrine that Luther had just a little light and that the message of William Branham is the light for this age at its fullest brightness. But we're going to present to you a different argument today, one that will ruffle a few feathers in the puffed-up cult pastors of today. If you fully examine Luther's life and his teachings, compared according to the scriptures, you will find that Luther's light outshines the cult of William Branham like a lighthouse outshines a dying matchstick. You see, Branham knew that the name Luther would be well-respected among his followers. And he knew that he made a good choice for what Branham described as a church angel. Whenever William Branham plagiarized the dates for the church ages from Clarence Larkin's Dispensational Truth, he randomly picked Luther to be the messenger for the Sardesian church age, which Larkin and Branham claimed to be from A.D. 1520 to A.D. 1750. When William Branham pulled Luther's name out of a hat, he forgot to check the lifespan of Martin Luther himself, who was born long before his church age. And he started the Reformation before the the age even began. Luther was born in 1483, which was 37 years before his church age, according to Branham. And he died in 1546, only 26 years into the 230-year church age. The The Reformation he started had long began. In many ways, Luther's stance against the tyranny of the Pope and the Catholic Church are very similar to the apologetics now standing against the tyranny of the message Pope and the Branham cult. Luther was seeking for God 
and he knew that belonging to a church alone could not offer salvation. It took a personal experience with God, and the path to God was not paved by the Catholic Church or by the Pope. Along his journey, Luther became a monk. He lived an ascetic lifestyle, very similar to that of the message cult today. But even though he was fully dedicated to seeking his salvation, he found that forbidding himself from the pleasures of life had little effect, no effect, in bringing him closer to Christ. Works cannot save. While the Catholic Church participated in money drives, they were, they were selling spiritual things for profit. Luther compared this to the Pharisees that Jesus Christ condemned. It can be compared also to the Branham's cult selling these cardboard boxes with replicas of Branham's belt buckle and his bullet casing. Nonsense that was only intended to suck money out of the poor to make the rich wealthier. And Luther stood against it. But all of this was part of his journey. And each footstep down the path made Luther realize that reformation was necessary. He knew that people had become complacent with their lifestyle. And while they professed Christianity, they considered it to be more of a social status than a lifelong goal. Much like the cult followers today who call themselves message followers, but yet they don't even show up to church. It's too easy to stay at home and listen to a tape of the prophet. There's absolutely no difference between the indulgences sold by the Catholic Church. The tapes of William Branham are the indulgences of today. The indulgences had little truth to them. None, to be quite frank. You cannot be saved by reading nonsense. A person is not saved because somebody is a good storyteller. Because a man copies ideas from the long line of popes before him, or copies ideas from Clarence Larkin and Charles Taze Russell, the content on the indulgences do not become any more spiritual. While the poor followers of the Catholic Church thought that they were earning their salvation by reading these indulgences, cult followers giving their hard-earned pay to purchase the indulgences of William Branham think that they are saved by listening to fictional stories and made-up prophecies that have nothing at all to do with Christ. Christ is not found in the measurements of antlers or the size of a grizzly bear. But the followers of the cult of William Branham seem to think that listening to these indulgences are offering them some sort of salvation. And worse, like the Catholic Church in Luther's time, they think that belonging to the Branham cult makes them saved and they're going to heaven. Why? Because at the end of his life, William Branham taught that his ministry was the light for this age. Because they live their ascetic lifestyles, much like Luther experienced in the Catholic Church, they think that their works can save them. And with good reason, because William Branham laid down the rules 
for this work-righteous false religion that he created. While Luther's platform was justification by faith in Jesus Christ, the platform that has been created by the Branham cult is justification by faith in William Branham. No different than justification by faith in the Pope. And now that the Pope's son has become the new Pope, we find many who claim justification by faith in the Pope's son. The Branham cult can be very easily compared to the Catholic Church of Luther's day. These false religions that put their hope in salvation on the teachings of a man instead of faith in Jesus Christ, they have destroyed their own temples. The temple of God that is now our bodies have been destroyed. They replace temple worship of Christ to worship of men. Whether it is the Catholic Pope or the Message Pope, there's no difference. These indulgences have became idols. Second Chronicles 29 tells a very similar story, one that seems to repeat itself again and again throughout history. You see, God is a jealous God, and He does not permit His children to worship anything, anything but Himself. Second Chronicles 29, Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and he repaired them. He brought in the, the priest and the Levites and assembled in the square on the east and said to them, Hear me, Levites, now consecrate yourselves and consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, and carry the filth out of this holy place. We need men like Hezekiah today, men that will stand up for God and carry the filth out of their holy places. No more worship of false prophecy and hunting stories. It continues, For the God of our fathers, for our fathers have been unfaithful and have done what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him and they have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and they've turned their backs. They have also shut the doors of the vestibule and put out the lamps that have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore the wrath of the Lord came on Judah and Jerusalem, and he has made them an object of horror and astonishment and of hissing, as you can see with your own eyes. For behold, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are captivity for this. It's much like today. Our fathers have fallen. They're so consumed by this cult that they have lost the basic, fundamental Christian teachings. They have replaced faith in Jesus Christ with an idol. The basic love and human decency is completely forgotten. It continues, Now it is in my heart to make a covenant 
with the Lord, the God of Israel, in order that his fierce anger may turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent, for the Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him, and to be his ministers, and to make offerings to him. Then the Levites arose, Mahath the sons of Amasiah, and Joel the sons of Azariah, the sons of the Koalites, sons of Merari, Kish the son of Abdi, Azariah the sons of Jehalalel, and the Gershonites, Joah the son of Zimah, and Eden the son of Joah, and all the sons of Elizaphan, Shamari, and Jeuel, and the sons of Asaph, Zechariah, and Mattaniah, and the sons of Heman, Jewel, and Shemaniah, and the sons of Judith, Shemaiah, and Uziel. They gathered their brothers and consecrated themselves, and went in as the king commanded by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. They brought the priest to the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it, and they brought out all of the uncleanliness that they found in the temple of the Lord. They brought it into the court of the Lord, and the Levites took it and carried it to the brook Kidron. No more did they worship the sun, moon, and stars like the Branham cult of today. No more worship of angels, no conjuring up elemental spirits for healing. No more worshiping any single thing except God alone. They began to consecrate on the first day of the month, and on the eighth day of the month they took the vestibule of the Lord. Then for eight days they consecrated the house of the Lord, and on the sixteenth day, in the first month, they finished. Then they went into Hezekiah the king and said, We have cleansed all of the house of the Lord, and the altar, and the burnt offerings, and all of its utensils, and the table for the showbread and its utensils, all of the utensils that King Ahaz discarded in his reign when he was faithless, we have made ready and consecrated, and behold, they are before the altar of the Lord. Think of it today. If cult followers were to suddenly realize that they're listening to these tapes and all of these fictional stories are idolatry, and they cleansed their temples of Baal worship, if their house was in order for Christ, and not a single idol stood in the way, separating them from the path to salvation, think of it. After all the temple had been cleansed, after all the temple worship had been reestablished to service for God, and after God's house was set in order for worship to Him alone, God, He returned His blessings. Then Hezekiah said, You have consecrated yourselves to the Lord. Come near. Bring sacrifices and burnt offerings to the house of the Lord. And the assembly brought sacrifices and thanks offerings, and all who were of a willing heart brought burnt offerings. The number of the burnt offerings that the assembly brought was 70 bulls, 100 lamb, rams, 200 lambs, all of these were for a burnt offering to the Lord. And the consecrated offerings were 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep. Listen to this. But the priests were too few and could not flay all of the burnt offerings. The priests were too few. 
So, until other priests had consecrated themselves, their brothers, the Levites, helped them, until all the work was finished. For the Levites were more upright in their heart than the priests in consecrating themselves. Think of that. Not enough priests. Others, not even upright in heart, had to join in. You pastors who continue preaching the lies of William Branham, because you think you will lose your following, read this chapter. If you consecrated yourself to God, you would be actually creating more job security. Those of you who are in it for the money would find yourself with larger congregations just by preaching the truth. And then if you started preaching the truth, you might find that that money itself doesn't matter so much. Besides the great number of burnt offerings, there was the fat of the peace offerings, and there were drink offerings for the burnt offerings. Thus the service of the house of the Lord was restored, and Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced because God had provided for the people. For this thing came about suddenly. I pray to God that many would restore their temples to Christ and that they would set their house in order and their minds on Him instead of these message indulgences. No more worship of visions of egg-shaped cars or brown bears. No more Masonic worship of capstones of pyramids that children were sacrificed to. No more worship of anything except God alone. I wish that the followers of William Branham had just a hint, just a hint of the light that Martin Luther had. Because if they did, every one of them would turn all of their hearts back to Christ. I pray to God that it would be so.